Arsenal physicality-wise and, you know, they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening everybody and welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Kilkenny for Come On Kind with myself Martin Quilty and as usual my co-host Anya Fahey is here with me again this evening. Good evening Anya. Good evening Martin, how are you? I am great, thank you very much. We have a lot to discuss in tonight's episode. We have the Under 16 Championships All-Ireland of course. The knockout stages are coming up thick and fast. Kilkenny won't be there unfortunately but our neighbours Carlo are and we will be chatting to them about that very very shortly. We will discuss the intermediate quarterfinals that was on last weekend. We'll preview the senior uh, quarterfinals that's coming up this weekend in FBD Semper Stadium. We also have news on the Puck Fodder uh, where we will have two Kilkenny representatives in the GAA and the Camogie and we will also be elaborating a little bit more on our discussion last week about online trolling, abuse etc and especially to one of the Sunday game panellists uh, one of our own friends here in KCLR to uh, Ursula Jacob we will be discussing what went on there but first of all if I push a button here I should be delighted to be joined by the Carlo under 16 manager Brian Lawler Brian are you there? I am I'm Martin how are you? Good man I am very well thank you very much and thank you for uh, taking the time out of your busy training schedule there this evening to have a chat with us no problem, no problem. It's not very often, Brian, that we get to bring good news from the Carlo front at the moment when it comes to Camogie, but this is certainly uh, a fantastic good news story um, to say that you and your players have come out of the group stages, which was uh, a pretty uh, hard group looking at the, the fixtures when the fixtures came out first um, to qualify second out of the group, and you're going to qualify now uh, against Leash in the All-Ireland semi-final, so you must be over the moon with that. Yeah, we're delighted. We, we had to we had to play with me yesterday to to get through, and we still weren't sure if we were going to get through or not. On that, we we had to it depended on the the Derry Antrim game how that went, and, and Antrim won that, so that that put us straight into the semi final against Leeds. So we're delighted, absolutely delighted. Yeah, you started off very well with a, a win over Derry, um, which lucky enough for yourselves, I suppose, was at home. Uh, then you had a very long trip away to Antrim, and Antrim seemed to be the, the strongest in that group, Brian. We won't say what the score was, but it was a, a fairly comprehensive victory for Antrim in that one. But you came back then against Westmead, and you done your own demolition job on Westmead, to be fair, last weekend. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the Antrim trip, a lot of things went against us. The trip, I suppose, was about one thing, but we had a lot of injuries going up there. We we're, were walking wounded going out onto the pitch, and, and you know, it, it didn't reflect the, the the team's performance. I suppose, you know, the way we, the way where we came out of it. But um, listen, the girls were back. They had a good week off. We did a few recovery sessions during the weekend, and our girls were fresh and ready to go against Westmead, and they put up a great display yesterday. It is in the quarterfinals. I think now are scheduled for the 17th, so uh, they're going to come taking fast. It's on this Sunday. By any chance, do you know where that fixture has been fixed for yet? The, no, the, it'll be the semi-final against. It'll oh, be sorry, semi-final it is. Yeah, 2024. Same as the Ireland final. Um, no, I don't know. Possibly Kildare direction. You know, maybe I don't know. To be honest. 
you're dead right yeah. I have so many pieces of paper here in front of me with different dates on them now yes the All-Ireland Under-16 semi-final is pencilled in for the 24th of uh, July yeah. where Antrim will take on Offaly and Leash will take on Carlo but I did say at the start of it that there hasn't been too much good news coming out of Carlo in relation to the Camogie front I suppose disappointment in the minor front earlier on in the year disappointment for the intermediates good that they kept their intermediate status for next year because we've said it on this podcast several times it would have been probably detrimental to the county if they had to go back down to junior again so they done the business and kept in intermediate but you're certainly flying the, the flag high now for the Carlo women Brian going into the semi-final um, and albeit you have a, a great chance in the, the competition now to go all the way to the All-Ireland and potentially win it well, you know, we'll, we'll be hoping that. We're, we're a very young team. Like half our, half our team are still under 15, under 16 again next year. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of really classy players on the team. And, you know, they, they, they perform really well on, on, their, on their day. They put, they, they put it up to anyone, you know. And, you know, we know what it's like to play to play Leash. We play them in the Leinster final. And hopefully we, we've learned a good bit from that as, as mentors as well, uh, the way it went on today. And we can improve on, on what happened on the Leinster final day. They beat us. I think six or seven points in the end in, in the Leinster final but uh, the teams have to come together nicely and it's, you know it's improving every day out and they're learning all the time so hopefully hopefully we get a, a good run at the semi-final and you know, it would be lovely to get to an All-Ireland final. It certainly would. And just on the team itself, Brian, because obviously a lot of people would know that Carlow is a small county. There's not too many camogie clubs uh, in the county, especially at adult level as well. So um, how many clubs exactly are you picking from to make up the panel for the under-16 squad? I couldn't tell you exactly how many. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot most, there now. Yeah, most, of the clubs, most of the clubs are covered. I'd say. Like, there's a big spread, like maybe even from the strongest clubs. There's only like from Nevebreed. There's only two. There's three players involved. There's Michael. There's only one player involved. Like, no, like the, the the other clubs that are not the you know the 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 top clubs in the county. They're producing a lot of fine players. Rangers have a good few players involved as well. You know, there's a lot of a lot of players from every club. Like so. It's, it's, a, it's a great spread across the board really there's a lot of good work being done by the clubs as you say I suppose Michel has the monopoly of everything that's going on there when it comes to the adult level at the minute they seem to be winning every year it's probably not great for the sport in Carlo itself but a lot of the clubs are now starting to come up with underage teams that hopefully in maybe next year or even the year after that they can uh, go up again Michel and knock them off that uh, top perch that they have been there for so long yeah, they're they're absolutely the 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 pinnacle of the Camogie and Carlow for years and years, and they seem to be never ending. You know, it's, it's it's hard to get to the end of them, but definitely there's, there's, there's clubs in Carlow. You know, you go back to Satantas and and Monadug and all them, and they're they're all they're all producing top class underage players coming through, and uh, it it will be. Uh, it looks good for the future in Camogie and Carlow, to be honest. It certainly does and I always check it out on social media and I know you're great when it comes to it as well and putting up the, the photographs etc but the amount of matches that you have in the one day when it comes to the under 16 finals or the minor finals that you like to try and play two to three finals in the one day gives spectators uh, I suppose a chance to go and really enjoy a, a great day of what Camogie is and some of the matches that actually do be played at the underage level in particular the 16s and the 14s there's a couple of humdingers that's always there in the middle of them yeah absolutely yeah, there's loads of, loads of great competition in those matches um, the only thing I would, I would say against uh, the, under, the under 16 at the moment is those girls are, are they're playing three and four different grades of everything you know football hurling camogie they're playing senior 
minor every age group and it, it's, it's hard on them you know it, it, it takes a toll it's a huge amount of matches huge amount of games and training to get through it's hard to keep it's hard to keep the, the, the standard players right for, for, for the games we want for you know that's the only thing really yeah I suppose that's the the downside to having so few teams and I suppose so few numbers that you always have that problem and uh, I suppose different to the likes of Corks and Galways where they can afford to yeah, have the, yeah. the the other teams out and that but listen Brian it's great that we can chat with you it's great to bring a good news story out of Carlow we have tried to do it for so long we know that Tracy won the uh, the Leinster Puck Father there a couple of weeks ago as well and we were going to be hoping to be wishing her well in the final unfortunately Tracy couldn't take part in it so that's actually going to Noel Murphy who was the runner-up in it but we certainly wish you the very best of luck in the All-Ireland semi-final I know I'll be in contact with Linda to see how that's going and hopefully after the 24th of July that we might be able to get you back on with us and that you'll be preparing for an All-Ireland uh, Under-16 Championship final Yeah we'd love that we'd love that and listen when you mentioned Linda there the support and, and the work that Linda's put into the, for the county board and for, for Anything that's needed for under sixteen and anything coming across the board has been brilliant over over the last year, and she deserves the all the applause that she can get for that. You know. So. Uh, well, she certainly does, and she's doing great work at Leinster level as well. Uh, when it comes to doing promotion of the sport of camogie as well, and no doubt that she's still at it with yourselves in Carlow. Brian, I let you get back to the training there. We won't keep you any longer. I don't want to be the cause of uh, you coming <laughs> and telling me you didn't win the semi final. But again, best of luck to you against Leash. It is down for the 24th of July we'll be keeping an eye on it and hopefully as I said we'll be getting ready to uh, cheer you on in an All-Ireland Under-16 final in a couple of weeks Appreciate that Martin thanks very much Lovely good man that was Brian Lawler the Under-16 manager for Carlo there as they prepare to take on Leash in the All-Ireland semi-final on the 24th of July Anya I have so many pieces of paper in front of me here with different venues I nearly got the, the day which I did get wrong but it is a great new story coming out of Carlo. great to see the neighbours doing so well at under 16 level it's probably not going to be an easy task Leash topped group 2 in uh, theirs this is the under 16B All-Ireland Championship um, where Antrim and Offaly is in the other semi-final so whoever comes out of either one of them it's going to be a tough task but Carlo are in with a great shout all the same yeah, they certainly are. And I suppose for the development alone in Carlo, this is a real feel good story for them. And, it, you know, it kind of sets them up. It's a, it's a massive stepping stone towards developing these players to go on and play minor level and, you know, to, to compete in an All-Ireland semi-final at every level, no matter what the grade, it's a, it's a huge achievement. But it's um it goes to show that the serious work that's been done in Carlo, especially at underage, and, you know, it really is definitely a much needed lift that I would feel that the county of Carlo needed on the Camogie front. And, you know, it, it's great to see it happening. And, you know, they have every chance that anything can happen in an All-Ireland semi-final. Um, as you said there, you know, they did go up to Antrim. They did have an awful lot of injuries, injuries going up there. But nevertheless, they got a good result against Derry and another good result against Westmead. So, listen, and they're young girls they'll be you know they'll have no fear and they'll have a little bit of confidence coming out from that Westmead match and you know the buzz and the excitement of playing in an All-Ireland semi-final will, will set them alight as well so the very best to look for them and well done to all the hard work that they're doing It certainly is and we can see that they're good on the scoring front as well out of their three games they have 11-24 albeit that they have conceded quite a, a bit as well but look I mean they're young players and that and Brian can work on shoring up that defence as well for the uh, the 
All-Ireland semi-final when you look at Leash uh, the comparison like scoring 12 goals and 38 points they're not really conceding a hell of a lot albeit they do concede uh, a good few points but still on the scoring front themselves um, there's not much between them like so Carlo as we said in with a fighting chance here on this one and we would be delighted to see Brian and the Carlo team doing so well as we said through all of how many podcasts are we saying now that we want to see Carlo doing so well and as you said this is going to be great for the girls in uh, Carlo and hopefully to give them a bit of a, a lift that they could really do it in the, the county at the minute when it comes to the camogie front Yeah it certainly is and you know I suppose you know just to go back to it again <coughs> it is an All-Ireland semi-final you know for a lot of these girls they've probably never played in you know on a big state in on a big stage like this um, like this before so you know that's going to add another bit of excitement for it and it's going to be an experience for them and you know the one thing I will say to them if you talk to any of the, you know I'm sure if they talk to any of the senior Carlo Camogie players there you know they all have their memories of playing in under 16 All-Ireland semi-finals finals whatever the case may be like and they're the memories that you bring forward and you know this group of girls have a, a serious opportunity to m- make a bit of history for themselves to make a bit of history for themselves and make a bit of history for Carlo there as well so you know it'll be an exciting couple of weeks for them even just to lead up to an All-Ireland semi-final it's not going to be easy by any means regardless of who they're going to meet uh, no. an All-Ireland semi-final is never easy but, but they're there but they're there and that's the main thing they're there and they have every opportunity now of getting to an All-Ireland final and as we can see whatever <coughs> happens in All-Ireland semi-finals anything is very possible when it comes to it something that is not possible though when we come to the under 16 A All-Ireland Championship and that is that for the first time in a very 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 long time and the way it still continues on for the elusive under 16 All-Ireland Kilkenny have failed to qualify out of the group of death uh, in the Under-16 Championship to get through to the knockout stages as I said the first time in a very long time and it's only on scoring difference with Galway, Cork and Kilkenny each beating one another ending up on three points apiece but Galway and Cork go through due to their uh, enormous scoring difference at the minute with Galway uh, leading the group there on plus 10 Cork coming in second on plus 1 and uh, Kilkenny despite a great performance again Galway at the weekend and defeating Galway in Ballinasloe they uh, sit at the bottom of the table with minus 11 and it's disappointing for what had the potential to be a, a good year for the girls albeit that we did double the group of death it was but like with each one beating one another anything was possible it just comes down to the bloody score difference again Yeah it does and it's such a disappointment and you know it's it's such a shame as well and the fact that they are losing out by score difference you know I've been there before myself and you know a lot of players have and you know losing out on score difference is definitely something that no team no team certainly wants to wants to have to face and the, you know these girls are young as well but you know we had spoke from day one that this was the group of debt and when you're seeing all three teams going out and actually beating each other it just goes to show you how tight knit like you know those teams are and you know how you know top class they are as well um, I suppose Well I mean it's amazing <coughs> first day out I mean Galway hammered Cork yeah. in the very first day Yeah Cork, They had their homework done They, they had yeah. Cork then comes to Kilkenny and beat us by what I think it was six or seven points in the end mm-hmm. Um maybe five I, I don't know exactly what the uh, the score was I'm trying to find it on a bit of paper here now uh, as we speak to us what 3.15 to 2.6 um, so that's a, a goal and what nine that's 12 points mm-hmm. am I right my maths and the difference there yeah. Um, yeah. you know and you go then and you beat Galway and you beat them by a point but the 12 point margin in the first day like mm-hmm. is what really kills the Kilkenny girls and Cork had their homework done that day I suppose they were 
wounded after the, the, the beating that they were after getting to Galway the first day out yeah. and anyone was expecting a bash, uh, backlash I should say and unfortunately it just happened to be uh, us in the second game out with them but disappointing overall though for the team and the girls for all the efforts that they put in they're now gone out of the championship for another year yeah, you know, it's obviously disappointing from a Kilkenny point of view and it's obviously disappointing for those girls as well. The one thing I suppose that you can take for it is that they went out fighting. They went up to Galway. They got a really good result there. They got a good result there. But like they were very much, you know, they, they didn't leave themselves down. They just kept on plugging away at it. Whatever hopes that they had, they were going to make sure and keep them alive as much as possible. And, yep. you know, it obviously is disappointing for them. But, you know, what they'll learn from this. You know, a lot of these will probably end up going back and playing with the Kilkenny Miners next next year and I'm sure there's probably a couple of them that are still underage for under 16 next year as well so we have I think Lillian is showing six here that are underage next year so that's you know that's still a nice a nice bit of a nice few numbers I know it's not probably like previously I think the minor team didn't they have 20 something girls that had won 18 girls that had won the minor all Ireland last year or the year before last were, were 19, still eligible I think was yeah. still eligible on the panel um, yeah. so yeah, listen it's it's obviously it's hard for Kilkenny to take um, but these girls will learn from it they're back now with their clubs so they're going to look forward to their the minor championship with their clubs and you know a lot of them will probably be featuring I would imagine with their senior intermediate or junior clubs as well um, teams in the club too so you know there's, there's a lot of um, positivity to take from it as well Why is it so elusive? I mean, why have we waited so many years for an under-16 All-Ireland? You take the team that won the minor All-Ireland back Mm. in 2021, they would have been under-16, they didn't win the under-16 All-Ireland, they can go out and win a minor All-Ireland. Like, why are we not competing at uh, under-16 level? We haven't been in an All-Ireland, I don't think, at that age group since 2016, I think. So... Yeah, and I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot yeah, here or anything. Like the, there's several factors, but there is. Just, there, it's there, a hell of a long time like for Kilkenny to be going without an All-Ireland, especially at under 16. And I suppose because we obviously have such a high standard for Kilkenny Camogie and for all the teams that do put on the black and amber jersey, we nearly have this um, very much an expectation that they are going to compete and they are going to come out of the groups. And unfortunately, listen, it doesn't happen. You might have the greatest team in the world, but, you know, there might be something so small missing for them. But, you know, I, I I do think it probably is going back to the drawing board and it's absolutely no disrespect to anybody that's over the teams or anything like that but maybe that angle maybe needs to be looked at do we need to you know open it up to bigger to bigger um, you know trials do we have to start earlier with the girls do we have to maybe have something different on along, in along the lines of coaching to them do we have to adapt a different type of play for these girls you know um, I you know I do think I do think for a lot of those players playing with their adult teams in their club I think that brings them on as well um, so you know small things that probably need to be looked at but listen how however we can't dwell on it now but it's certainly something that will have to be looked at for the future as well. It is. Can I put another point to you that might yeah. be hampering Kilkenny as well as why we do very or while we do very very well in blitz formats mm-hmm. um, at 14, 15 and have been doing with the last number of years and all the teams have been doing so well. They're shorter game time right so they're only 12-15 minutes aside but we cannot convert that then and put it into the full 15 uh, aside with the half hour competition when it gets to under 16 level does the fact the competitive nature to a certain degree 
is taken away like there used to be a Leinster under 14 championship everyone was given out when it was taken out but it's all to do with goal games competing not putting pressure on the kids mm-hmm. um, etc but the fact that there's no real championship until you get to under 16 level has that hampered us a bit? I think so because I think you know any player that wants, wants to put on a Kilkenny jersey be they are under 14 under 16 or intermediate or senior you know they have that they probably have that little bit of an extra kind of a go in them and they have this want and desire even at a young age they have this want and a desire to win and I think you know we have to and I listen I totally get the whole concept of the go games you know making sure everybody gets in and gets enough game time and you know even the likes of the failure the rules that everybody has to has to get game time I understand that I completely get that and I do appreciate that but I do think when it comes to inter-county level I think it's maybe something that we need to we need to kind of look at like if you're putting on an inter-county jersey you're there to compete at the best at the top level and there to compete at the best and I do think it is a pity that that competitive edge has probably gone away from it from an under 14 14 level because I remember like when I was under 14 I was just going to say yeah, like, like everyone is human yeah. right everyone they started under 12s yeah. okay and I can understand goal games as you said and being not too competitive in the whole lot but you put out an under 12 and you tell them that they're playing in a match or like Tullerone playing Ballycallan or mm-hmm. something you know at under 8s or whatever you're putting on a Tullerone jersey you want to go out and you want to win the yeah. game no matter what age group it is and that's human nature and it's yeah. not going to change Mm-mm. but the fact that there is a competitive edge there in all our human brains that we want to win we want to do well etc but unfortunately when it comes to the age groups it's hampered by uh, red tape and rules that's in place at the ministers maybe hampering other uh, or ourselves and maybe other mm-hmm. counties as well I mean you well, know it's probably affecting the game itself as a whole as well and you know probably the whole skill set from it as well you know is probably being taken away and you know we're sick of listening to people say like oh I wouldn't you know I wouldn't watch it it's like watching paint dry and you know all this nonsense that people are I know and I was reading it the same with yeah, the Euros with you know, the women and the whole lot like mother of God this, yeah it's nonsense. crap so maybe I suppose like one thing that we could try and do to you know you know push ourselves on and be more competitive is to maybe put the competitiveness back in at under 14 level like I know people are probably listening going ah god they're only 13 years of age or 14 years of age but you still like you have to kind of you have to get into this habit of competing competing at top level like yeah okay if your child is under 14 in three years time they're going to be playing at minor level and we all know how serious they take that everyone takes the minor level like so I think it would be important to like literally nearly breed the competitive veg back into them and I think that's very very important going forward for us Well it certainly is and someone that has a competitive edge at the minute is Wexford and Tipperary because they have qualified directly into the semi-finals as group winners the three teams went into a hat along with Galway and Tip and Wexford came out of that draw so the quarter-final draw I knew I saw the 17th of July somewhere the (coughs) quarter-final draw for the A Championship is going to be between Cork and Limerick and Galway and Waterford and as we said Tipperary and Wexford will meet the winners of those two quarterfinals as well uh, not going to be easy but uh, great to see Wexford back up at the top of the table um, you know disappointment for their seniors when it came to mm-hmm. the this year in the championship but under 16s are flying the flag down uh, south for the yellow bellies yeah they certainly are and you know what I think it's great that Wexford went straight into a semi-final as well like 
I know like some people say like you know you'd prefer nearly that extra game or whatever the case may be but I think for a county that really needs a boost and a lift as well at the moment I think certainly getting to a semi-final is going to be massive for them and is going to be the same for Tipperary as well you know two counties that certainly certainly need a, certainly need a boost so it's no harm nearly having Cork and Galway having to play out a quarter final there because you know momentum is probably in the county with them at the moment but yeah listen you know for Tip and Wexford they probably have an extra week there where they can just like get girls recovered and like really start focusing in on what they're going to do for a semi-final but for Cork and Limerick and Galway and Washford they're going to be looking forward to an All-Ireland quarter final at A-level and you know that's a massive massive achievement for them as well It is the neighbours <coughs> down uh, in the data I mean they t- came second to Tipperary mm-hmm. uh, Dublin and Clare and Kilkenny are the three teams that lose out so out for the quarter finals between Cork and Limerick and Galway and Waterford who do you see coming out of them? I think it'll be Cork and Galway that'll be coming out of both of them groups is that I'm, just because of the No I, I always I've always been very much of the opinion that Cork and Galway have always had an excellent underage structure and they're able to produce them they're able to produce teams good very good teams year in year out and they're able to compete in finals year in year out and I suppose that's down to the work that they're doing at underage level and I it would very rarely see an under 16 or a minor All-Ireland without having the likes of a Cork or a Galway in it and I know you could turn around and say oh is that just the easy pick now because you know they're you know their seniors are doing so well or whatever but I honestly it's like think, the ladies football I think yeah. it's about 20 years since there hasn't been a, a Cork or a Dublin, Dublin team, team that it. has played in it like that's phenomenal as well yeah no I do like it, it, that's you know that's brilliant for them but I do think for Cork and Galway because they put in such serious serious hard work into their underage they're constantly performing and they have this expectation year in year out and they don't delve from that like they will that that's where they're going to be showing and I think to be honest with you I, I do think it could end up even being a Cork and Galway All-Ireland final as well Okay well I'd say now Wexford and Tip might have something <laughs> to say about that along the line uh, two teams that obviously are doing well still as intermediate and senior is Cork and Galway and um, they are both true to the uh, All-Ireland semi-finals in each grade the quarter-finals though for the intermediate grade was on last weekend and we had Derry playing Dublin and Kerry playing Meat in MW Hoyer O'Moore Park and two enthralling and fascinating games of Camogie I have to say I thought myself that they might have been a bit one-sided potentially now while the results did go the way that we kind of did expect them to go um, Dublin put it up to Derry for long periods of time it's only in the last 10, 12, 15 minutes maybe that Derry decided to pull away out of it and Kerry in fairness to Meath they held into him like for as long as they could before Meath really showed their experience and pulled away so Derry was victors in the first one, 123 to 110, and Meath was victory in their game, 217 to 17. But no disgrace for Dublin and Kerry in either of them. No, absolutely not. Like, and I think for both teams to get to an All Ireland quarter final was a massive achievement in itself. Um, I do think, to be fair, you know, kind of looking on previous games and looking on performances, you would have to be looking at Derry and Meath in that. I was a bit fearful for Kerry in the second half. I, I honestly felt that if 
if Meath were going to come out with a bang like they did against Kilkenny that there was going to be serious problems but to be fair now to Kerry they did keep it into them Meath just kept tipping away again of course Aoife Minogue as always stands up you know what a pillar you know absolutely brilliant immense for Meath Grace Coleman got player of the match um, I was just going to mention Grace yeah, yeah. Do you know like so I think Meath definitely you know they really are after kind of getting a massive ignition of like confidence into their camp there so they'll be absolutely delighted with that for Derry listen I, to me it wasn't any big surprise there and I honestly feel if Derry can get over the semi-final they'll win an All-Ireland final when they, get, when they get to Crow Park they'll open the place up and I think you know it could be a massive contest for him the only thing is having to travel the whole way down to Kilkenny to play it's 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 I've said it before they're not a team that travels well and that would be my big fear for, for Derry going into an All-Ireland semi-final Yeah although they did travel to Port Leash the last day to play Dublin mm-hmm. so I mean they have that monkey off their back uh, yeah. on that one but I mean Derry Mairead uh, McNichol okay. again was unbelievable mm-hmm. um, from what I can gather and I'm almost certain she actually got player of the she game did. as well afterwards yeah. um, I was actually watching that game live um and it was very interesting because I don't think that Martin Coulter would have been too happy. Now, I would have loved to get him on the programme um, this evening as well. But the goal that Dublin got, he would be very disappointed with it. In a way, Dublin performed well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could just tell like that Derry, after the game with us, and I spoke with Martin, he said that their main aim was to get to Crow Park, get back up into the senior status you know the league is probably going to be on their minds for next year get up to the likes of Antrim and down they can see what they're doing yeah. at senior level they want to be there at the party and at the top table as mm-hmm. well and they're going to do everything in their power to get there and I wouldn't like to be in their way in a semi-final No I, I certainly wouldn't and I feel with Derry I, like, I honestly think that when they do get to the knockout stages I feel like they have a whole new lease of life about them and I think they're tougher to break down as well like they're seriously they're a team that I would have seriously fancied the last couple of years you know breaking through but they could just never nearly manage to get out of the group stages but you know they're after taking the opportunity now and I think that they'll relish in this and I think that they'll relish in the opportunity to play either Cork or Galway in an All-Ireland semi-final but I, I Is would... it a help and this is the, the next point because obviously the venues has been a hot topic of conversation mm-hmm. on Twitter the last uh, week in particular Derry is going to be playing either Cork or Galway we know that and Derry supporters are brilliant to travel Mm -hmm. there is going to be a problem with Cork and Galway either way because their fan base is going to be split as the intermediate semi-final is going ahead at 2 and 4 o'clock in UPMC Nolan Park that had been fixed back to and a half three weeks ago mm-hmm. so we knew that was going to be the case but the senior semi-finals are also fixed for I think it's uh, quarter past two and half five mm-hmm. in Crow Park so Cork and Galway's fan base are going to be split and they have to decide where they're going to go will that also be a factor to help Derry because they know that they can bring their supporters to Kilkenny and cheer on the girls and get them over the line because you know yourself supporters can be the extra 16th mm-hmm. person that a team needs when the chips are down and you get a good cheer or you know the team is looking around in the stand and they can see the colour you've been there before it does help it certainly does and I think I think for both Cork and Galway intermediates I think that they're going to suffer the most um, the most because of this because of this you know fixture being on the same, basically the same time same day um, I think the majority of Galway and Cork supporters are going to go follow the seniors I think 
the only ones that are perhaps going to come to the intermediate match are probably going to be family members um, and maybe a club might bring them up if they have no player involved in at, at senior level and I'm not trying to be harsh or I'm just trying to be realistic about it that is what's going to happen you're going to have all the supporters that are going to go to Crow Park to watch the senior teams and the intermediate teams are literally just going to be brushed to the side and they're not going to get the same amount of support and you're dead right that extra bit of support could be the difference in you know clinching a point winning a free driving the ball down you know because we everybody every team needs a good needs a good support system around them that starts with the supporters um, but yeah like I do think I do think it is going to impact on Cork and Galway but I think both teams you know they're experienced enough um, their management teams would be both experienced they've probably been in this situation before on days where matches have clashed with senior and intermediate matches anyway have clashed one of been home would have been away they're probably used to this probably not at this big magnitude that it is an All-Ireland semi-final but I do think it is going to affect them and I do think the Camogie Association it's going to affect the Camogie Association as well they're not going to have as many people at an All-Ireland intermediate semi-final as they would have hoped and UPMC Nolan Park is a fantastic venue mm-hmm. we've had several games there yep. um, the last day that we were there was the Limerick uh, game yeah. no it's the Offaly game actually yeah. Limerick was the first one um, and I mean the Offaly supporters travelled in numbers it was great the half time buzz the kids playing mm-hmm. at half time which they're going to be in Thurless as well um, at the weekend but you can't beat having your support there but it goes back to the promotion of the sport and we've said it and we don't want to be bad mouthing anyone either that's not what we're here to do but the fact that the two adult the pinnacles the Mm -hmm. senior and the intermediate and while the senior is going to be broadcast on RTE live for the quarterfinals and the semifinals etc I still and I don't think this is a ladies football issue because I think the ladies football actually have a clash this weekend with the quarterfinals as well that their game fixed for Saturday that why the senior and the intermediates couldn't have been one of them played on the Saturday which they were supposed to be and played the other one on the Sunday and give the people a chance and the supporters to go and support it yes okay it might be a small bit more expensive on supporters but it's better to have the supporters have the option Mm -hmm. than not have the option at all and having to split and if there is siblings or cousins or whatever on either of the two teams in Cork or Galway Um, I mean it could have happened to us if we had to be there as well Mm -hmm. we would have had to choose and it's not fair on counties to have to choose I mean it's like picking your child of which you're actually going to go and watch whether it's going to be a soccer or a Mm. camogie match or whatever and really we're not doing ourselves any favour like when it comes to the promotion No we're certainly not like there they're, in my opinion there's ample opportunity to change the times that they to change the date that they had the intermediate um, All-Ireland semi-final down for or even the senior All-Ireland semi-final whichever the case may be to me they had ample opportunity to do it they just have chose not to do it and again as I said we're not trying to criticise anybody's job what you understand there I'm sure they could have had other fixture clashes or whatever the case may be but I just I'm a firm believer I don't think it's right I was reading an article from I think it was the Echo during the week um, in Cork and they were the exact same and you know if anybody is going to be feeling a bit sick about it Cork and Galway have every right you know like and it's it's, I, I personally just don't think it's right again we're not promoting our game in the correct light that we should be promoting it in. Like, you know, we are a very, very small community, Camogie community. And I think, we know, we need to be promoting ourselves at the best opportunity we can. You know, I suppose in an ideal world, 
if we didn't have Crow Park for the senior semi-finals in an ideal world it would be great to have a double header have the two Cork teams playing in one venue have the two Galway teams playing in the other venue all supporters and then go to the one match and you'd have great support because I can guarantee you Mead and Derry will come with their supporters in, droves. in flocks yeah. they will like even the day that Derry played Kilkenny down in Freshford the amount of Derry supporters that were there was absolutely crazy some of them took six hours to get down like yeah. it was yeah but crazy. they had no problem they no were following them and everything yeah. and the last day that Mead came to Nolan Park actually it'll be a bit like deja vu yeah. for Mead because they played Kilkenny in Nolan Park last mm-hmm. year in the semi-final so they'll be looking for whoever they are playing because we don't know the pairings for that yet but they'll be looking for revenge in the same venue to get out of mm-hmm. Nolan Park and to get to the All-Ireland final but yeah not the best scenario for uh, supporters or whatever when it comes to it so a bit more planning maybe needed when it comes to future yep. fixtures on that um, the other one we did touch on it a small little bit last weekend as well as the relegation battle between Kildare and Leash and it wasn't a good day for Kildare um, the last day in particular when it came to the last group game against Cork it was a bit of a trouncing when it came to that one um, and unfortunately you know for uh, Leash as well when it came to Westmeath it's uh, a bit closer and that one Leash actually drew with Westmeath in it but um, for either one of them it's going to be disappointment because one of them is going to be relegated back down to junior level mm-hmm. and when you look at Kildare and Leash they've been <coughs> there for so long I think uh I don't know when Kildare won because I know they played Waterford wasn't it in the 2015 final in intermediate level so they were they're there like with the last 7-8 years at intermediate level and to go back down for either one of them it's going to be a nightmare Yeah But my question to you is which of them is going to go back down? Kildare Oh really? Yeah I don't know I don't know I just I have this I have this feeling that I have this feeling that Kildare will go down now Granted, I would hate to see either team go down. I do think, okay, yes, they've had poor form this year, um, so far this year in the championship. But I do think Kildare and Leash also bring also bring something special to the intermediate grade. They have this serious, um, you know, diehard attitude with them. You know, they're very, very good for the sport. And I think it'd be an awful pity for either team to go back down junior. Because to be fair, they're too good for junior. They're just not quite at the mark for intermediate mm-hmm. yet. And I think that's going to be the. I think that's going to be a massive problem. I do feel like if they do. Go go back down junior they'll probably only be down for a year or two and then they'll come straight back up and I know in that time you could maybe look at a case of like right okay let's develop let's get our minor teams moulded in playing at junior level and then get them ready to move back up at intermediate level but um, I would be more fearful in Kildare I just think Leash Leash are very very proud Camogie County and I just think when it comes to a relegation final they're going to throw absolutely everything at it not saying that Kildare are not a proud Camogie County either but I, I would be fancy in Leash to come out come out a victory there do you think the fact that Leash may have turned the corner with uh, replacing the manager um, I suppose so early on in the season as well you know during the league or whatever it was after it um, you know when the new management has come in and put a, a bit of, or instilled I should say a bit of confidence into the, the Leash players that maybe they are going to go into the game with a uh, hope that they can stay at the intermediate grade would that be fair to say? Yeah it would be fair to say and you know what I honestly think with Leash as well after beating Kilkenny in the Leinster Championship okay I know granted they didn't have a great championship campaign after that but I think that nearly gave them an an extra bit of confidence and it kind of spurred them on a little bit even more Um, I do think that I do think that Leash are probably going in the right direction they're just not getting there 
as fast as they would probably like at the moment. Um, but I do think I do think they will come out with a victory against Kildare in this. And I'd hate to see it for Kildare because Kildare, as we said, they do have a massive, they do have a lovely history of Camogie mm-hmm. up there. Strong but tradition, they yeah. do, they really do. But I just, I just feel like with Leash, I think when it boils down to it, I just think Leash are going to pip them on this one. It's not so long ago that they were playing in the senior championship yeah. in Leinster. Um, but yeah, okay. So you're uh, you're going for Leash as the victors, and that one. Well, we'll just have to see because that uh, game is also on this weekend as well so by Monday we will know uh, when that's going to happen right moving on then to the quarter final stages then uh, we have in the senior in FBT Sempa Stadium in Thurles on Saturday it's going to be Limerick versus Waterford at a quarter past three and Dublin versus Kilkenny at half past five Limerick and Waterford first up um, intriguing battle uh, going to be between the two of them we know the speaking with John Lillis that Limerick are in a small bit of transition he's building a team nicely down there and he's putting a mixture of youth um, and experiences there I mean when you look at the likes of Mern Kramer back full back you have Rebecca DeLee playing in the forwards you have Orla Kelleher who was playing midfield the last time had a very good game and Cuiva Costello is probably their tallyest woman um, up in the forwards Mm -hmm. like it's going to be intriguing but on the other hand, you look at Waterford, yeah. right? And you have Neve Rocket in the forward line. You have Beth Carton, who was scoring 1-6 the last day. Mm-hmm. Abby Flynn is still there. You know, she's very dangerous. I suppose everything hinges for Waterford yeah. on whether Lorraine Bray is going to be fit enough or whether she's injury-free to play in the quarterfinal because she does a Trojan amount of work in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And I'm building you up nicely there now with all those names and the whole lot for you to tell me who's going to come out on top in the first quarter final. Do you know what? I think for this one, I think you know, it's obviously been a great year for Limerick in the fact that they have got to a quarter final stage. I do think it's been fantastic for them. I think they're going to go up and they're obviously going to throw throw absolutely everything at Waterford. But I do feel like Washford will probably have that little bit more experience on them. Yes, it is obviously going to whether Lorraine Bray is going to be playing or not. That's going to you know be a massive part of it. But I do think Washford probably have a, a stronger panel um, to get over this Limerick this Limerick fight here. And I think you know this is kind of like where Washford want to be back. And you know they're sixty minutes away from a semi final, and they, that's what they'll be putting their whole year on. And I think I just think Washford are going to have just that little bit more experience than Limerick to get there but Limerick by God are they going to be coming all guns blazing to this but I they've been think. in the last five quarter finals mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaking the last four was against Tipperary yep. and Tipperary has beaten them mm-hmm. in them they're going in fresh mm-hmm. with a fresh opponent as you say they have uh, lots of players they have potential Derry Glynes has done wonders with the, the team like I mean they didn't have a great league you know they got bet by Dublin in the first round of the championship but steadily yep. they have progressed up uh, along nicely um, and it's going to be uh, a very very tough battle and if anything I don't know this could go to extra time I think I don't 
I don't. I can see Washford winning this. I'm not going to say they're going to win it comfortably, but I do think they'll have four or five points to spare in it. I think that they are looking at this opportunity as, you know, getting the monkey off their back, so to speak, and getting over that line and getting into an All-Ireland semi-final and cementing themselves as top four teams in the country. I think the making for Washford this year was actually losing to Dublin in the first round of the championship. I actually think that's what spurred spurred Washford on. I felt like they were kind of going through the motions in the league and they were playing at Division 2 and they probably kind of were a bit put out nearly to be playing at Division 2 because they would consider themselves a senior a senior team to be having to play at Division 2 and you know I, I don't think I think they kind of had the hump for a while over that and then to come out and play you know Dublin in the first round for Dublin to beat them in Waterford I think that was a massive kick up the backside for them and I do think that's where their year has literally started from and they've propelled since then and I do think I do think it'll be a Waterford a good Waterford victory well, it certainly will be a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And as we always say, we love it. And I'm always playing devil's advocate here because Paula Dowling is not here tonight to play av- devil's advocate with you. But still, I'm not going to rule Limerick out on it at all. Uh, John Lillis, I know, is doing tremendous work there and he'll have these girls uh, ready to go. And realistically, they probably had the tougher games yeah. um, in the championship. I mean, who else do you go? You play the All-Ireland champions from 2020. 2021 yeah. uh, in Kilkenny and Galway one after the other yeah. you know both of them away yeah. as well and they come along then from being bottom of the table a couple of weeks ago to qualifying into a quarter final um, I don't know I still say it's going to be uh, closer than you think mm. but anyway we will have to wait and see on it I don't normally get into a debate with you on uh, on <laughs> fixtures wise that way but I don't know there's just something about the, the Limerick team that I uh, I like this year and I like mm. watching their style they actually yeah. liked play Camogie and I would watch Cuiva Costello all day long I mean if any team had her uh, they would be absolutely delighted but then again if you nullify the treasure Cuiva yeah. Costello yeah. you're you know you're uh, you're on the you, right road Yeah and I think when you look at when you look at Limerick yeah okay you have Cuiva Costello there but then I suppose when you look at Waterford you have Beth Carton and my God what a player Beth Carton is like she is a magician if she goes in full forward herself and Myrne Kramer oh, if Myrne starts that's half. going to be some yeah. tussle so absolutely, it is absolutely absolutely yeah it'll be you know it'll be great to see but I, I honestly do think that Washford are going to have the have the edge in it I um, I'm completely in awe of what Limerick have done for Limerick Camogie this year and what they have done for themselves and as a group of players because I suppose listen there's probably been so much negativity around them over the last couple of years and you know all, all that nonsense going on with them and yeah. they, you know what they picked themselves off they dusted themselves down they gave themselves a pat on the back and they got on with it and I think that's a big thing for Limerick um, I think they can be very very proud and listen they're going to go all guns blazing they're not just going up to Semple Stadium to make up numbers they're going to they're going to go and they're going to give themselves every every chance of getting through that um, but from an outside perspective I think you would have to go for Washford OK well I'm always staying on the fence and as I always do but yeah I don't know I, I'm, not, I'm not going to say who is going to win it I'm just going to say it's probably going to be a bit closer and I wouldn't be surprised we we haven't had a draw in a, a quarter final in a while we've had a couple of semi-final mm. um, draws all right but it brings us nicely on to the game after that, which is going to be Kilkenny versus Dublin, a repeat of the Leinster Camogie final, which saw the two teams play in Port Leash a couple of months ago mm-hmm. uh, at this stage. And it was, I suppose, an easy victory for Kilkenny. But as we know, Brian has said it, they got a couple of goals um, yep. early on. It set them up nicely for us. 
But this Dublin team, since that game, have turned a corner and everything to play for. It's going to be a different kettle of fish. We know the last time that they played one another was actually in Semper Stadium in the Northern semi-final going back uh, a few years ago now. And it was a really, really, really tough battle. It was a physical battle um, that day. I don't even know if you were part of the panel um, that day below in uh, Limerick or whether you were at the game, but it was certainly enthralling. It was a joy to watch. Mm. How do you see this one going? Do you know what? I suppose, and I like, I've definitely, um, I'm definitely king culprit here for this. And I, I suppose the more when I think about it and I kind of look back I'm like oh my god that's like I've been so showing so much disrespect to Dublin like I've been initially talking about Uckle Kenny are in an All-Ireland semi-final and completely forgotten the fact that they still do actually have to play an All-Ireland quarter-final and they have to come up against Dublin who in my opinion I think throughout the whole championship I think they're the team that have learned the most and I think they definitely started learning the most after they were beaten by Kilkenny in the Leinster final okay yeah Kilkenny got the goals when it mattered but you take out of that Eva Doyle was player of the match that day mm-hmm. and Eva Doyle will not be featuring against, against Dublin one. yeah do you know like and I suppose listen I know that you can't say oh they're just one player down it's not the point I suppose when you look, when you kind of look back at it I think that Dublin are going to have everything to play for here um, it's going to be a completely different game than it was in the Leinster final. I think Adrian O'Sullivan is going to have a serious amount of homework done and I'd say the Dublin players now are going home with refill pads full of what they're to do, <laughs> when they're to do it, every way that they're going to hit the well, ball, Well, I know there was the lots ball. of video clips taken that day yeah. because there was cameras left, right and centre behind two goals over on the sideline. So I say even the video analysis that's going on of who you have to mark yeah. and looking at all the little traits or yeah. what way does mirror turn or what way does Grace catch a ball or whatever so mm, yeah Sully, Sully is not going to leave no stone unturned no on this stone, one no absolutely not and I suppose like you know he's I would imagine that Dublin are actually relishing in the opportunity to play Kilkenny I think like they'd have been kind of looking at it if they got Waterford or Limerick in a, in a quarter final they'd have been like mm, Grant would they probably prepare as well as they're going to prepare for Kilkenny probably not because I think like he's literally he's, he's up in Dublin now at the moment telling these girls like you're going to create a shock like you're going to shock this Kilkenny team this Kilkenny team think that you know they just have to turn up and they're going to they're straight into an All-Ireland semi-final that's all people are talking about you know Kilkenny are in an All-Ireland semi-final the top three teams in the country but you know Dublin are going to want in they're going to want to give him a massive shock I think Dublin are going to be it's going to be a completely different outfit than what we've seen in the Leinster Championship and I think they're after getting stronger and stronger throughout the whole Championship campaign and you know that's credit down to the players as well like they're buying into whatever is going on up there and you know they're wanting to do this for themselves as well Um, I do still think it is going to be a Kilkenny victory after saying all of that it is like (laughs) to me like you're you know you're Kilkenny you're not going to go against Kilkenny I do think it's going to be a Kilkenny victory but I don't think it's going to be as comfortable as Kilkenny victory as people are expecting it nearly to be Um, I do think they're going in as huge huge underdog yeah. Dublin are going in as huge underdogs mm. Kilkenny going in as huge favourites yeah. into this one but as you know and everyone knows I mean having the tag of being huge favourites going into a game can probably weigh a team down yeah. more than the team that's coming in as the underdogs because everyone expects them to lose nobody expects them to do anything yeah. and they pull off a shock um, no, I, I, no I don't think so I'm not saying they're going to <laughs> but you know <laughs> no but you know what like I think 
I think Dublin will Dublin will seriously fancy their chances and why wouldn't you like you know they're really going to be taking this as like you know like we can do this we can catch them on the hop like we can go in here and absolutely do what we need to do because in the back of Dublin's mind they're thinking well Kilkenny think they have this one like the one thing I will say about Kilkenny players they do not take any team for granted No, no. they literally go out as if they're playing you know the best team in the county all the time like they will not they're so respectful towards the teams that they that they play that they actually they don't take anyone for granted they don't take their eye off the ball they go you out there you even take the last day yeah. like with Galway knowing that they were already through like and mm-hmm. they put in that kind of a performance uh, against Galway I suppose Galway done the very same thing yeah. like they didn't want to be going and coming and saying well Kenny has beaten us in our backyard like and that's mm-hmm. not going to happen No I don't and I think do you know what I think regardless even though Kilkenny didn't beat Galway I think there's a massive confidence um, after getting into that Kilkenny squad at the moment because there probably was and I suppose like like I'll admit it I was very much like aware I was very much kind of of the opinion you know we know Kilkenny are good you always know they're going to be good but I was kind of like how good are they because I want to see the likes of the Corks and Galways in championship mode I want to see like how good are Kilkenny when it comes to you know the the so the top team in the country as in Galway at the moment they want to be tested yeah, and see how tested, they get exactly, on because yeah. I just felt like they weren't probably tested in the championship stage and I think to get a result even though they didn't win I think Kilkenny would be extremely happy I think Galway would probably be more annoyed over the result than Kilkenny will be that day so I think Kilkenny will be going into this match with a massive amount of confidence knowing that they are well and truly still one of the top teams in the country um, and I think they will come out all guns blazing I, it will be a Kilkenny victory but Dublin are literally going to have their homework done every move that's going to be made for a Kilkenny player is going to be scrutinised down to the last um, next weekend for uh, next weekend with um, Dublin but you know it's going to be it's going to be a very very good game it certainly is. They're going to be two fantastic games, mm. uh, I think, and great adverts for the sport of Camogie. Don't forget, we will have live broadcast of the Dublin Kikini game live from FBD Semper Stadium. It's going to be our first time on your broadcasting in Thurless. Would you believe it? As long as we're doing it, we have never done a game live from Thurless. So we're certainly going to be looking forward to that as well. The one other game that is going to be taking part in the Senior Championship again, it's another relegation battle between Clare and Offaly. That's taking part in Moneygall on uh, the 16th, which is Saturday as well at 3 o'clock. So, like we said, with Kildare and Leash, the teams have been there. The tradition has been there. You know, when you come to Clare and Offaly, they have always been at the top of the list for fixtures coming at senior level. And again, one of them is going to have to drop down, albeit that Offaly went the route of going through the junior first and then winning the intermediate and getting senior and stayed senior for a good few number of years as well. So who's going to stay senior for the year of 2023, tell us? I think Claire will. I think Claire are going to come out with that with a victory. I just think awfully at the moment, they're just, there's just something not clicking well with them um, and they just don't be able they just don't seem to be able to compete with the teams and even with the new teams that are coming into coming into senior grade they're just not be, they're not being able to you know give a performance or you know there's just they're lacking something there at the moment and maybe it's the fact that they do probably need to wait for a lot of their younger squads to to come through and you know get onto that get onto that senior team but unfortunately for Offaly I honestly think that it is they are going to be going back down intermediate by God if they 
they go back down to intermediate, they're going to be a serious outfit next year, you know, for any team to have to play against. Um, but and if it, did ha- hap- if it did happen, it would be a bit ironic that we have said that they need to be kept in senior grade mm-hmm. doing well. The club champions need to be playing at senior level. Yeah. That has happened. So yeah. whoever wins the Offaly Championship is now going to be taking part in the Leinster Senior Championship. So mm-hmm. the day of either Kilkenny, Dublin or Wexford getting a boy into the final is long gone now at this stage because yeah. we're going to have two semi-finals. So in one way for the same year then for Offaly to have the champions go and partake in the senior championship and then potentially to get mm-hmm. relegated back down then themselves to the intermediate championship is a little bit ironic in the same year. Yeah, it is. Like, and it'll obviously be, listen, it's going to be disappointing for either team, whichever team you know, does lose that game, it's going to be very disappointing for them. Um, you know, they've worked so hard over the last couple of years trying to maintain their status. But I don't know, I just think having seen awfully what, two, three times this year so far, I just don't see them improving at all, really. And I just think that, you know, I, I just can't see them. I can't see them overcoming this Clare challenge. Like we've seen Clare this year at start in the league and I was actually so impressed with them. I'm actually really disappointed that Clare didn't come out of the group. I felt like their league their league campaign and then their Munster campaign, it came to, to yeah. a stop, a massive standstill straight away. Um, but I think, you know, Clare always have one big massive game in them, as do Offaly, but I think Clare are definitely going to produce the goods this weekend. Okay, well, again, we will... We'll just have to wait and see next week when all to play for and will be decided at the weekend as well. Obviously, the two teams are waiting in the wings for that. So the mechanics of the draw was sent out to all of the counties during the week. So it the same for the senior and the intermediate. So the top two teams in each senior and intermediate is Galway and Cork. They will be put into pot one and the quarterfinal winners then out of the intermediate and the seniors will be put into pot two and the winners of them come out and play one another. So potentially we could have Kilkenny and Galway mm. playing in an all-earned semi-final um, again which if it was anything to go by in Athenroy it was a great uh, it was a great day and a great game, but yeah, the, the potential is still there mm-hmm. and either way, it's not going to be an easy semi-final on you. No. We'll, we'll be previewing them after next weekend's games and yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed, Kilkenny will be there waiting in the wings for them. Yeah, like I think, you know, whatever teams are going to come out of the quarterfinals, you know, it's you're not going to be thinking, you know, who would I prefer in an All-Ireland semi-final because to be fair, Cork or Galway, you know... No, you'd want to be playing any you know, really. you wouldn't want to play in any. You'd love to see Cork and Galway nearly go off against each other just, you know, to get rid of one of them really. Well, um, the bloody scoring difference again came <laughs> into it. Like, you know, only yeah. four of the week would have been there in the but yeah. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, but maybe the quarterfinal will uh, do Kilkenny the world of good uh, as well, provided that they can get over the line um, against Dublin. But as we said earlier, Dublin might have something to say about that, albeit only does think it will be a victory for the stripy women. What might be another victory for the stripy women on you is the long puck finals. It is, of course, the M. Uh, Donnelly, the Martin Donnelly uh, long puck finals, which are taking part. And this year uh, will mark the 60th year of the long puck father competition since it was uh, started all those years ago. Um, it is the M. Donnelly GEA and Kamoki All Ireland puck father finals. Proceedings will get underway at Anna Verna. Mountain in Rahinsdale uh, or Ra- sorry Ravensdale I'm reading that wrong Ravensdale in County Louth on uh, 
I don't actually know what date it is. Can anyone tell me the date? I have the time here, which gets underway at 11.30. Sorry, I do. Monday the 1st of August. So it's the bank holiday uh, weekend in August. We have two participating in it. Killian Phelan is going to be there for the GEA in a star-studded lineup. We don't know who's going to be the first sponsor's pick because that's blank at the minute. But you have Mark Fahey of Galway, Brian Tracy of Carlow, Killian Phelan of Kilkenny, Cormac Goff of Derry, Pierre Smith of Down, Neil McManus of Antrim. And we know what he had to say all about the uh, photo shoots that went on a couple of weeks ago as well. He was none too happy with that. Sponsor's pick number two hasn't been picked either. Anthony Daly of Galway uh, the Munster winner, the Louth winner, they haven't been named yet. Munster runner-up winner hasn't been named and Colin Ryan of course is the defending champion from Limerick. He's going to be taking part but as we said earlier Tracy McNally was the Leinster winner. She was supposed to go and to take part in it uh, but that didn't happen and Noel Murphy is now going to be taking part for Kilkenny along with the Munster winner Catherine Muldoon of Tyrone Casey Gilchrist of Galway Roisin McCormack of Antrim she's the all-star pick and Molly Lynch of Cork who is the defending champion and we know from listening to Noel the last day she was disappointed on you she didn't mm-hmm. get to go to the Puckfather final being the runner-up she wanted another crack at it just to see she was getting the hang of it above in Mount Leinster um, and now she has another chance at it and she wasn't too far behind Tracy in fairness She's in with a shout. Yeah, she certainly is. And I suppose it, like this is a great honour for her and it's a great opportunity. She's getting a second chance at it. And, you know, no better woman than Noelle to take this opportunity. And, you know, she had said that, you know, if she was maybe, if she maybe kind of knew her way around the course and what way it was done, she had said she had learned an awful lot from it. So, yeah, this, listen, it's going to be a great opportunity for her. She's only a mere two and a half, three weeks out from it, I think. So I'm sure she'll be, you know, trying to, you know, work on as much of that as, as she can over the next couple of weeks I suppose you know what what training do you do first as you said as she said herself it's not as just getting the ball and baiting it it's like a bit different to the county one yeah, yeah where you have the, mm-hmm. you hit the ball as far as you can in go and race course in the least amount of pucks but you have thistles you have thorns you have thorny mm. bushes you have wind you have rain you have holes you have bog it's yeah. completely different above in the mountain like mm-hmm. so you need a bit of skill you need a bit of thinking you have to have a strategy you have to have a plan mm-hmm. but you have to be able to hit the bloody ball as well and yeah. uh, Noel is well able to do that and so too with Killian I mean the two of them are in with a real shot of winning the puck uh, for the finals this year and be crowned the All-Ireland uh, champion in that and while the footballers won the All-Ireland at the weekend the junior footballers yep. it could be a very 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 nice uh, year for Kilkenny Yeah it certainly could like you know that was a congratulations to the junior footballers as well Well done Christy you know, and the boys Yeah great victory for them and I suppose you know the talk yesterday was oh Kilkenny are on for the double now and you know when did you ever think that you'd hear Kilkenny being well, on for the double They said we didn't play football well we like, bloody proved that wrong at yeah. the weekend <laughs> Exactly, you know, yeah, it's great. Um, you know, it's a great achievement, obviously, for the footballers, and well done to all involved. But it would be equally, um, equally a good accolade for Noel and Killian if they were to come out with a victory in that, and even just to even just to get to compete in an All Ireland final itself. You know, it's a huge, it's a huge honour for them, regardless of what way you know they were got in or whatever the case may be so yeah best luck to both of them Wouldn't it be great it mm. could be a fantastic year all round Well this time last week at the very end we were debating uh, trolls 
online trolls, social media and everything that was going on and not knowing what was actually going to come out on social media when we were leaving the KCLR studios. But Ursula Jacob, who many people will know and she'd been on our podcast before uh, with ourselves, is a Wexford all-star, multiple all-star. She's a multiple All-Ireland winner in her own right with Wexford. She comes from the Jacob family with Michael and Rory. Her father, Mick, of course, was there as well. And she came in for heavy criticism online because of her accent when she was doing uh, a broadcast with the Kikenny and Claire All-Ireland Senior semi-final on national television. And Ursula is not a one really to let things bother her too no. much right I know Ursula for a long time I've refereed many a game with Ursula I've been in the press box near Ursula we've met her on the street coming out of Crow Park after games along with Anna Geary and Ivani Quillen and a couple of more of them and Ursula is a fantastic and a lovely person but she felt the need in this day and age to actually defend herself and many people will probably have seen what it is but I'm going to read exactly what she said to these bloody faceless trolls that we were talking about last week so this is Ursula's statement that she put out usually I never entertain and give keyboard warriors an ounce of time or thought but sometimes enough is enough and standing up for yourself is more important than constantly just putting up with nasty tasteless comments from faceless cowards firstly I am a proud female and proud Wexford woman who just happens to have a Wexford accent too shock horror I am and always will be forever proud of where I come from so I am not going to start now or try changing my accent anytime soon I'm well aware that being on a public platform you are always open to debate and discussion and not everyone will always like you. I've also no problem with anyone disagreeing with any comments I make while working with RTE or on the Sunday game. That's part and parcel of the job. What I do have a problem with is anonymous persons slash people setting up a page trying to create headlines out of nothing, facilitating nasty personal attacks and once again targeting another female pundit or presenter. Have we seriously not just moved on with the times at all or are we still stuck in the past? I have and always will be proud of what I have achieved as a player but also know that I can back myself working as a pundit who is knowledgeable in both hurling and camogie. I'm not into tokenism or making up numbers. I am there because I have a voice and can give an informed and educated opinion. Luckily for me, I am a strong woman who has a brilliant support network who always have my back and are super proud of me, but I would seriously encourage anyone who thinks about writing something nasty, tasteless or personal about anyone on a social media platform to think before you type. At least I am brave enough to stand by my opinion on national TV, whereas some faceless coward has to hide behind a keyboard to try promote nothing but pure nastiness and bullying. But as my wise mother always said to me, if you're talking about you, they must be worried about you. Lastly, I'd like to thank the overwhelming number of people who have continued to support me. Their positivity will always outshine the narrow-minded individuals. Now, I actually messaged Ursula when she actually put that out. Ursula is a fantastic pundit and I totally agree with her. The fact that some people think that it's just tokenism going on to Mm -hmm. RTE is an absolute disgrace. I also think that Karen Duggan, who is a former Kilkenny player, does a terrific job on the soccer punditry when she's on uh, RTE as well, when she's doing the game. So the fact that somebody thinks that a woman cannot do the same job as what the so-called owl fella was supposed to be able to get done um, when it comes to it, 
that day and age is completely gone. And for poor Ursula to have to come out and defend her accent is an absolute bloody disgrace. And it just proves what we were saying last week about the faceless cowards sitting at a keyboard and giving people grief or abuse um, and this new policy that's going to come out as well from government to try and tackle all the issues. Uh, I got a bit of a land now, I have to say, when I read uh, the stuff that Ursula had to put out online just literally when we got into the car from here the other evening, we were just discussing it and the next thing was back in the public platform again that poor Ursula had to come out and do that. And I tried to get her on tonight, but unfortunately work commitments uh, with herself didn't allow that to happen. But Anya, you're a female. You're, after joining the crew of Punditry, uh, we're putting ourselves in the open spotlight when we're doing our podcast or when we're on the national uh, airwaves with the, the local radio station here. And we are on national now, obviously, because the app has gone viral. You can have it out in Australia and anywhere in the world. But, um, I mean, give us your take on it. And not just because you're a female, mm-hmm. right? This is not it either. But, I mean, um, we, we've seen it, okay? Mm-hmm. I've had lads on social media from refereeing or whatever point of view uh, with the abuse and a lot of it has been so bloody personal. Thank God, none to the fact that I was blamed for an accent. Like, I mean, how the hell can you blame someone from where they come and for having an accent? Like, do you know what it is? And, you know, I just kind of looking back over um, Ursula's statement there as well. She's totally right. Like in some of the in some of the pinpointed words that she's saying, like faceless cowards, um, she's well able to give an opinion and an educated opinion at that. And I think that's what it boils down to. These, you know, people that are hiding behind their keyboards and their computers, um, they're clearly not anyway at all intelligent. Um, they just think that it's okay for them to say what they want. There's a serious air of ignorance about it as well, if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I think, you know, for anybody to be able to put themselves out and I I very much admire the fact that Arsa is doing this because like, you know, if it was me and, you know, to go on national television, yes, okay, she's dead right and she has said it herself that you do put yourself up for a bit of scrutiny and I think for anybody who is going to put themselves out there, I think that it's a very brave decision to make because like people people do literally kind of you know if you're if you're put out there you know people start kind of going through your whole life and they want to find out all the smallest finer details about you and I think you know for somebody to put themselves out there and you know and to be able to give you know educated queries on what you know is going on in the world of GA I think you know she can be very very proud of what she has achieved she's dead right you know she said she's edit herself she's not in there for tokenism or she's not in there just because she's a female. She's in there because she knows what she's talking about. She is probably more well known to talk about the likes of GA and Hurling and Camogie than any of the, the than the majority of some of those Sunday the Sunday game punditries. She's been there. Well, I'm going to get myself in trouble here now for saying this, but some of the punditry that's on it is absolutely crap, <laughs> and some of the fellas that's on it wouldn't know their backside from their elbow, like when it comes to it. And I mean this in a nice way possible, but Ursula is able to talk about hurling and yeah. camogie, right? She's able to give an educated analysis on mm-hmm. everything, right? But you have some of the lads that's on, and they ask him about a camogie that they show their 30 second clip or whatever on it and they don't even know the names of the player no or anything that they're trying to analyse and I mean our own one of our own pundits as well the last day that was on it was talking about the All-Iron series when they were going through it and they were still on about that Cork and Galway was going to play in a league final that was played back way 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 back like earlier on in the time 
Like, I mean, that's not the case. If that was Ursula that was sitting there, she'd know exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, group stage is coming along, all our semi-finals are coming along, blah, blah, blah. And she'd be right because she'd have her homework done mm-hmm. and she'd know what she was talking about. Yeah, do you know what? Like, I think, you know, you know, I suppose the first thing first is like, the, first of all, they're, you know, taking the mickey out of her accent. Sorry now. It's like, she, sorry, she can't help it. It's like you, Martin. You have a thick South Kilkenny accent. So I'm told I'm nearly you know, a black accent but on you know, me. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I either have like a half tip, half Kilkenny accent or whatever kind of an accent is. Like, Anna Geary, what's, so should we take the piss out of her as well because she has a, a thick Cork accent as well. Like, you know, that can't be helped. Like, to me, that's actually showing that whoever wrote that is actually completely clueless and completely stupid and but irrelevant they are. Obviously to the they conversation. Are. Oh, sorry, Lil. Now, Gwan will join you. Now, but what does her accent have Her accent to do has with nothing got to do with it. Has absolutely nothing at all got to do with it. But it's people just trying to pick at the smallest, most insignificant thing they can. Because, do you know what? They're not happy unless they're giving out about something. Well, I just thought it was, it was just, it was like karma that we were talking about something. Mm. We were talking about it when we went out to see this. But, like, is it down to chauvinism that they think that? Because we're women, we shouldn't have an opinion. We shouldn't know anything about a sport that we're all involved in. Or is it just pure ignorance? I I think it's actually just pure and utter lack of intelligence and ignorance. That's like really I know what it boils you're down forever to. giving out to me because I'll always qualify something when I say something about mm-hmm. Hurling or Camogie that I, I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Kind of half joke and whole in earnest, kind of I don't know anything about it. But I put my hand up and say, I don't know. But what I like about Ursula is not only does she know the rules of both sports, mm-hmm. she's very well able to call them. And she ca- like she calls it as she sees it. Mm-hmm. She's not trying to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. If the match is crap, it's crap. Mm-hmm. But her analysis is the same. Is like she's able to sit down and look at a passage of play and think of where a ball is going to go or why a defender has made a run in that kind of a move or why they've stayed put there or why the goalkeeper has went with a short pocket. It's not a guessing game. You know, it's actually to the point, there is a point to the piece and the analysis that she's doing. And it's very professional. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no stuttering, there's no stammering, mm-hmm. there's no, uh, 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 yeah, 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 you know, number five, a uh, uh, great shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just flows. It's natural. And she's well able to do it. And she's probably one of the best pundits that's actually there but on the Sunday in game. But her explanation, Martin, any commoner garden Joe Soap would get what she's saying. Like, you don't have to be a hurling or camogie person to understand her analysis or her breakdown of, of the passage of play that's after happening. Mm. But you see it goes back to the fact that people think that oh because she played camogie that's only a female yeah. sport she knows absolutely jack crap about hurling and she shouldn't be talking about it etc etc. Her brothers has played hurling. Mm-hmm. She's followed them all her life. She's been at the training ground. She's been at matches they played with Wexford. Her father played with Wexford. He's probably a coach. If you go back far enough Martin she probably played GAA as a lot of girls did growing yeah, up under because age. underage. Yeah. But she would have played just, with the boys, I'd say, the same as most. Belief, but you'd have to call out the people as well who shared all of the badness. Do you know what I but mean? But see, this goes down to bad journalism as well mm. because these were put on... I wouldn't even... I wouldn't, I wouldn't even, even go as far as it's journalism. I, yeah, that's it, yeah. what I was going to say. Like, I wouldn't give them even credit to call it, call it journalism. But how can these pages get away with putting it in it? Like, if I mm. set up a page, right, and I go along and I do 
all of the stuff that's going on out there. I mean, and let's be fair, there is an awful lot of pages going on with certain other individuals that I won't mention names either going on with stuff that's been posted to get a reaction out of people. Right, they're inciting a reaction to come, whether it's for likes or whether it's for stuff, time. you know, to be done with it. And most mm-hmm. people will probably know who I'm talking about on it. But I mean, for them kind of pages to come along and personally attack somebody um, in the vein that they done it, and the fact that it wasn't for her punditry, it was because of an accent. It's bullying. It's cyberbullying at its finest moment. That's exactly what it is. It's not like you're taking a personal attack on someone, regardless be it a man, woman or child, but you're personally attacking them because of the way they sound. Yeah. Like you cannot do that. That's absolutely disgusting. Like, you know, but but then and then here's the other side of it. What are the repercussions? Because they're hiding behind another Facebook but page. There's or none. Instagram and this was my point. This, this is why I made the point last week. Right. And I know you disagreed with me to a certain degree, but people who can go along and make fake accounts and have no consequences or not be able to be challenged or not be able to be found to find who they are and let the justice system deal with them in light of whatever that's there that can be dealt mm-hmm. with them. I mean, you know, it, it's ridiculous like but to say that you could go and do them it. to the social media. How good is it, Lillian? But see, this is what it's I mean. It's no like, good because they no. come back and say it doesn't breach our community standards. Sure, I mean, bullying is But what is the community standards? Language. I mean, we've seen it all through Pride Month and I know I'm going off the topic here now and the whole lot with it, like with a lot of people, right? And there has been homophobic comments put left, right and centre, mm-hmm. even about GEA players because the... Um, Oh God, there's a a crowd in Dublin, the name of the club, and it's terrible that I cannot think of it. I was actually watching him on Morning Ireland, going back there a couple of weeks ago, um, and they're the only dedicated LGBTQI plus uh, in Dublin that partake in the championships and the whole lot. I saw that, I can't think of the name. It's terrible I can't think of their name either. But the amount of abuse that those people get just because they're going out and they're playing football or they're playing camogie or whatever and the fact that they are either gay or lesbian or whatever it's an absolute bloody disgrace and people can get away with putting all slurs or comments or whatever towards them or anybody else all faces people and there's no consequences for them whatsoever no it's like you know it's it's cowards and you know and again I'm going to go back to it it's lack of intelligence they're just they have literally don't have a brain between their head like to be going around doing like things like that and it is cyber bullying and I know Sinead kind of said it a couple of weeks ago I guarantee you in two weeks time they'll be the very one commenting on something oh be kind remember be kind this be kind that yeah. they probably put it up as quick as they put up yeah. the cyber bullying but you know what it is it's like I just think I just think for on Ursula's behalf or like on, on Ursula's statement you know what she was dead right because you know at the end of the day she's only a human being and like she you know she wants to continue and have her normal life like that's a job for her as well like but there's one thing you can't say about her she there's no airs or graces about None. her she's a very normal down to earth girl I had of playing with her down in WIT and oh my god what an inspiration she was yeah. to all of us like and you know even to her now literally to be fair like when we were playing against her at Wexford we absolutely hated her because god almighty 
she'd she you know she'd tear you asunder and yeah altogether. exactly yeah but I just think like you know it's not right what it's not right what it's after happening and you know what I don't think it's right that she should have had to come out there and make that stance and say right enough is enough it's not fair in her it's a personal attack on her like it just it's a form of bullying but I'm very very proud that the fact that she has come out and she has done she has she she's kind of stood up and said you know what stop this nonsense cop onto yourselves I can't change my accent I'm from Wexford like what you expect a Wexford girl to have a Cork accent or a Wexford girl to have a Dublin accent in fairness to her she wiped the floor with him yeah oh she did she She absolutely did did, like and she's after getting but the support is unbelievable yeah it's great and it's lovely to see so many other punditries pundits be male female or whatever the case may be that are all backing her and basically telling her this girl knows her stuff like she knows what she's talking about because like you know when you do put yourself into the public you are putting yourself up for scrutiny so you do need to have kind of you do need to have a bit of a neck and a bit of a backbone on it but um, you know very proud that the fact that she actually went out and she actually you know stood up for herself and she wasn't going to let people think she could be pushed around easily you know that'll make people think the next time you know that they're going to put up something about her and some her. people may have thought she's a soft touch because she'll stand and talk hurling and come over with anybody <laughs> like we met her outside Crow Park one of the nights that we were coming out of it and from the get go I'm in a hurry lads mm. anyone to think that now about Ursula Five minutes later, yeah. Ursula was still st- stood chatting with Ivan and Anna Geary, chatting to the two. And every few minutes, God, I may go, lads, I'm in a hurry. Mm. <laughs> but like, she'd stand and talk to anybody. Yeah. And maybe that's what people don't like about her. I don't know, but I find her. Do you know she's just one of the one of the good people, and she's never not. Tonight is the first night I'd say she's she's not come on when we've asked her. Well, in fairness, yeah. Well, it was late. I mean, it was I, late. I literally yeah, did only see her on uh, Morning Ireland this morning, and I said to myself, "When and I didn't get to listen to it, obviously for personal reason that was going on uh, at home as well um, early this morning. Um, I didn't get to do the full lot, but I would have had loved to have her to come on. Now, maybe." you know the fact is that it has been out in the public eye she's dealt with it now you know want to put it to bed and put it to bed fairly quickly and get on with her own life and the whole lot but uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's probably another one for us for a debate around camogie and getting a, a panel together here of females and males and having a debate around that kind of stuff you, you know. see Martin that's it it's not a female it's not solely towards no. females it's, no it's not it no. seems to be directed to anybody who's prepared to put themselves out yeah. there and have an opinion because in this politically correct society we're not supposed to any of us have a strong opinion about anything no but it just goes to show that we're still quite backwards if that's what people are going to be writing and putting up oh, and, and I would and I would also go as far as saying people that are putting it up they're jealous yeah, that's literally what a lot. Of well, I mean, we can say we can actually say this now. Opportunity that she has put, she has worked so hard to put herself in that in to give herself the best platform that she can get in life. She's worked very hard. She's she had has a great career. And actually, first. her mother is very right. Mm. If they're if, talking about if they're you, talking they're talking about you. They're afraid of you. But the fact is, and we can say this live now because it's over and done with, and last year is gone. But when we were doing the Come On Kind team of the year last year and we were going through the podcast and dealing with the the teams of the year and the whole lot yeah. I mean somebody actually sent in an anonymous letter mm. into the Kilkenny Camogie board slating the two of us and yeah. the fact that we were on air and broadcasting and giving opinions on people and that it was very disrespectful to some girls and uh, not doing their confidence the world of good because they hadn't been picked out in a team now, yeah. I mean, if you have to go to that length and effect, it's nearly as bad as the faceless 
people because if you're going to do something like that have the balls to put your name to something like that and say who you are that we could sit down with the person we had all our data last year in fairness of we knew everything that was going on with all of our players it wasn't just oh here's a team sheet we'll just pick someone out of thin air like and Mm. do it the data was there to back up everything was done but the fact that an anonymous letter was sent in asking for it to be read out at a county board meeting which had nothing by the way to do with the Kilkenny County Board anyway because it was a come on kind initiative like it just that that pissed me off altogether now last year so it did but but you know what it is like and I suppose on that front on that front that was very very annoying when we when like when you told it wasn't me about it that, just like it was kind of like I felt like it was a bit of a kick in the teeth and you're kind of like sorry now we come in here voluntary do this we try to promote the game that's what we're trying to do we're not trying to make people feel little and you know like we're not like going to give out medals to all the 200 plus players that are playing in the club championship this year we're trying to bring the sport to another elite level and you're trying to you know you're trying to award it's to give recognition are, to the club exactly. player and this and that, this is what it did like and it did give recognition to the cl- club player the majority of the players I think were on the three teams there wasn't a whole lot of inter-county play. players there was a couple of them, couple but there were very few. Yeah, but very, very, very few. Because the whole idea was like we're trying to make sure that the club players being promoted. We're trying to promote the club Camogie. We're trying to promote. We're doing everything that we can to promote Camogie. I think we're doing it in a very, very good light. I know some people mightn't agree with some of the things that we say, but thank God it's our opinions and we have our own opinions and they can are entitled to their opinions. But like we're trying our hardest to promote the game in such a way, and then to get a letter like that, it was you know what? But it I don't so, mind someone. It was, it was again. It was jealousy. Yeah. Because obviously we didn't pick somebody that was somebody yeah, that they wanted close to be or, that, or whatever yeah. the case may be. But like Ursula, I don't mind opinions. Yeah. Right. But as I said earlier, have the balls if you want to do something like that to actually say who you are. Mm-hmm. You know you that mean? you can have not a, a, a barking matches one another as to why somebody wasn't picked or whatever. But just to have a frank conversation with them and say, look, here's all our data. Here's the people that was picked. Everything is backed up by stats and everything to go with it. As I said, you don't pick a team sheet. You pick, oh, right, we'll go with number 10 this week and put a dot there and a star beside her name it's and all that. It's where we had the names on a dartboard. Well, like, do you know what it was? Like, And I think what people need to be aware and just to reiterate this again, like for, for that all-star team, for those all-star teams, like we were taking reports from referees as well. Like, the you know, the man or the woman in the middle of the field who's watching watching everything, keeping an eye on everything who's the referees better knowledgeable to anybody. We had 10 spies mm. out through all of the weekends along with ourselves at the matches that we were at doing it. It wasn't just me and you was no. coming along and picking a team. No. Plain and, and in simple. in fairness, the amount of man hours and yeah. miles that were put in to get to mm. all of the matches was phenomenal. But again, it just shows a complete and blatant lack of disrespect that I felt that we got uh, for trying to promote the game. But it shows a lack of ignorance as yeah. well. Oh, yeah, complete as lack to of ignorance. Who, who aren't involved but mm-hmm. have an opinion. Sorry, Ors, that's not to make little of your situation because that's what we were talking about. Just but when we're on oh, faceless things not. and the whole lot but, like that, it like would it, it does boil it would down rile you. Not knowing yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Too. yeah, but to go back to the Ursula thing. Um, fair play to her. Fair play to her. I think she was absolutely she dead was. right in what she did and said. And I'm absolutely delighted that everybody actually got around her and rode in and gave her the support and literally were like, listen, this girl is, she's bloody well good at her job and she knows exactly what she's doing and exactly what she's talking about. And she um, has a great handle on the English language yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, 
really really good um, fair play to her I think she's I think she's very brave to come out and do that um, but you know what it shows that she's not going to take any nonsense from anybody and she's well able to stand up on her own two feet and as she said in her statement she'll back herself and by God she backed herself this she certainly maybe. did but anyway and before I finish on that one because we're running over a little bit of time and someone is looking for me on the phone which I'm going to have to take it as well we are going to have to say good night because the person who's looking for me I will be with them shortly uh, if he's listening out on that but that is it from the KCLR studios here this evening on Come On Kind we have had a blast as usual we've had fun we've had a bit of discussion we probably had a bit of controversy at the end but anyway that's what we like but again it's our opinions and we'd love to hear from you as well when you're getting involved in it we will be as I said live from FBD Semper Stadium in Thurless on Saturday for the quarterfinal between Kilkenny and Dublin so tune in to KCLR from half past five and you will hear all of the live action and don't forget this podcast will be going out on all of the usual outlets where you get your podcasts and it will also be on scoreline.ie and on the Kilkenny or the KCLR uh, new app I should say as well but until next week it's goodbye from the KCLR studios here and it's goodbye from myself and Anya until next week Thanks Emil Bye Bye this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmy. Yeah!